Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. The world prepares for the arrest of former president of the United States, Donald Trump. Trump widens his polling lead over Republican candidates in the 2024 primaries. And the Biden administration fully embraces the radical trans agenda despite a mass shooting by a trans person just last week. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up against big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, this week is the week there will be a mugshot, presumably, of the former president of the United States. And we have stepped into brand new territory here in the United States where former presidents and current leaders of the opposing political parties can now be indicted on the flimsiest of charges. It used to be that everybody would be a little bit wary about all of this. I remember all the way back to 2015, 2016, when Hillary Clinton was running for the presidency. And the very thought that Donald Trump would say things like lock her up at rallies. Got the media all abuzz. How could he say such things? How It doesn't matter that Hillary likely actually committed a crime with regard to storing of confidential information on private servers. None of that mattered. The very idea that he would even do this undermined the fundamental notions of democracy. Now, the left, led by Alvin Bragg, the DA in Manhattan, they are celebrating because they're finally going to get their long-awaited shot, the mugshot of Donald Trump. He is scheduled to turn himself in in New York as of Tuesday. He's going to do that in the afternoon. Apparently, he's going to stay at Trump Tower the night before. And then he's going to immediately fly back to Mar-a-Lago, where he's going to give some sort of statement. Honestly, I think that he probably should do a big rally immediately afterward. He probably should have done a rally over the weekend, is the truth. Like If he is running for president, then theoretically, this is the time at which sympathy for him is highest. And by the polling data, that is absolutely true. He should have done a giant rally over the weekend. He instead did not. According to the Washington Post, hours after a Manhattan grand jury voted Thursday afternoon to indict Donald Trump, the former president joined with his wife Melania, his in-laws, and conservative radio host Mark Levin on the patio of his private Mar-a-Lago club for a pre-planned dinner. Advisors to his 2024 presidential bid sat nearby. Trump chatted with both groups as well as club members offering their encouragement. At one point, Trump showed off his soon-to-be-released book of letters between himself and celebrities and world leaders. At another, he began calling congressional Republicans, promising to fight the indictment and relishing their declarations of support. Yet in the immediate aftermath of the grand jury's decision related to hush money paid to an adult film star, Trump was not happy, said one person with direct knowledge of his reaction. Others described Trump as upset, irritated, deflated, and shocked. Some noted he also remained very calm and rather stoic, actually. This piece, by the way, is from Ashley Parker and Josh Dowsey. And their pieces have been, I'd say, generally quasi-accurate with regard to Trump's response to all of this. There's no question that Trump himself is benefiting from this politically speaking, at least inside the Republican Party. The latest polls show Donald Trump jumping to a significant lead in the Republican primaries, according to the UK Independent and a Yahoo News YouGov poll of over a thousand adults. Trump has dramatically widened his lead over potential other nominees like Governor Ron DeSantis, who's not formally jumped into the race right now. Trump now leads DeSantis in that Yahoo News YouGov poll, 57 to 31. That is up from a 47 to 39 percent edge last month. And this is exactly the predictable result. Again, when you generate enormous sympathy inside the Republican Party for Trump, he is likely to go up in the polls. Trump is still trailing at the national level. A plurality of Americans, according to ABC News Ipsos, believe that it's correct for the former president to have been charged with a crime in that Stormy Daniels hush money case. That's 45 percent. Again, the, the, what this is likely to do politically is drive Trump forward toward the 2024 nomination and also hurt him in the general election. It's hard to spot the voter who's probably going to say to himself, okay, well, I didn't vote for Trump last time. I, let's say I voted for him in 2016, and then I shifted over in 2020 and I didn't vote for him or I voted for Joe Biden last time. Well, now that he's been indicted, I'm shifting my vote back. Once people settle on their notion of a particular candidate, the fact that he's being targeted unfairly is unlikely to shift them back into the category of the person who's being unfairly targeted. We really have no precedent for this, obviously. The, 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 
counter argument is usually made by people who remember that Bill Clinton soared in terms of his public support in the immediate aftermath of the impeachment inquiry into him over the Monica Lewinsky affair and the, and the Paula Jones payoff and the, and the Kenneth Starr investigation. What they tend to forget is that in 2000, Al Gore had to run with that on his back and he probably lost to George W. Bush in 2000 specifically because of Bill Clinton's personal issues. So the notion that's going to help Trump in a general election, I think is very sketch. The idea that he's going to benefit tremendously inside of a primary is undoubtedly true. Hey, so what is going to happen next? Well, Trump's attorney says he doesn't actually know how the arraignment is going to go. Here's Trump's attorney, Joe Tacopino, over the weekend. What should we expect to see on Tuesday exactly? <laughs> That's a great question, George. Um, I, you know, this is unprecedented. I don't know. I've done a million arraignments in that courthouse um, with, with celebrities and whatnot, but this is a whole different thing. Um, we have Secret Service involved. Um, I understand that closing the courthouse for the afternoon. Um, I, I just don't know what to expect to see. Hopefully, what I, what I hope is that we get in and out of there as quickly as possible, that it's, a, at the end of the day, a typical arraignment where we stand before the judge, we say not guilty, we set schedules to file motions and whatnot or discovery, and we move forward and, and, and get out of there. Now, the truth is that the, the mo- we will probably get the most traffic photo, perhaps in world history, on Tuesday. Because if Donald Trump takes a mugshot, which he likely will do, if that happens, that's going to end up on every Republican shirt. It'll end up on every Democrat shirt. It'll be the exact same photo, just seen through two different prisms, because that's the story of American politics these days. One thing is for sure. Alvin Bragg, who is the DA in Manhattan, a far left radical who is supported by Color of Change, which was in turn supported by George Soros. Alvin Bragg, the, the fact that he's going after Donald Trump on these extraordinarily flimsy charges, that is perfectly obvious. I mean, right now, how bad is Alvin Bragg? Alvin Bragg is so bad that he is currently attempting to prosecute a Manhattan parking garage worker who was hit with an attempted, he was hit with an attempted murder rap because he shot an armed would-be thief and he was actually handcuffed to his bed. That's the kind of person that Alvin Bragg goes after. Not after thieves, not after murderers, after people who defend themselves. So, you know, could he get a conviction on the basis that Donald Trump is unpopular in New York? He certainly could. Is this good for America? Very hard to say that it is. And by the way, there's even some bipartisan support for the idea this is bad for America. Forget about how it affects Trump in a general election. And Joe Manchin, for example, was out there saying, I have some serious reservations about all of this. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, right now, you are looking at how you can cut costs in your life because the fact is that inflation is up. Those interest rates are up. So if you're looking at those monthly bills, you're trying to figure out how you can save money, one of the easiest places to start is with your cell phone bill. You've heard me talk a lot about supporting companies that actually don't hate your guts. This is one of the reasons I am a Pure Talk customer and you should be as well. Switch right now in as little as 10 minutes at puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. You can choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by 100% money-back guarantee. Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no hassle. You can even keep your phone number. Head on over to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your very first month of coverage. Again, that's puretalk.com. Promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. There's a reason I shifted all my business calls over to Pure Talk. The coverage is excellent. They use one of the same tower networks as one of the big guys. Go check them out right now. puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your first month. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Again, that's puretalk.com. Dot com promo code Shapiro save fifty percent off your first month and hundreds of dollars the rest of the year. We'll get some more on this in just a moment. First, the financial experts said we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it: the United States right now is in the hole by thirty-four trillion dollars. We're going to keep spending, we're going to keep printing, and that's going to keep pushing up those prices. So you can bury your head in the sand, or you can do something about it. Diversification, always a smart financial strategy. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get it from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you as well. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, diversification, always a smart strategy. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. Alrighty, so even some Democrats like Joe Manchin are a little bit are a little bit tepid about this whole indictment issue. Here is Joe Manchin talking about it over the weekend. We'll leave that there, but I want to get a quick reaction from you about President Trump's indictment. Sure. It's just a very, very sad day for America. Very sad day. Especially when people are maybe believing that this 
the rule of law or justice is not working the way it's supposed to and it's biased, we can't have that. You know, Abraham Lincoln said a house divided cannot stand. And we cannot divide our country. But on the other hand, no one's above the law. But no one should be targeted by the law. So let's wait and see what comes out next week. I pray that what they come out and whatever comes out, that they have done a thorough examination, they've done a thorough uh, job as far as showing that the rule of law does work for all of us. Well, Bill Cassidy, the senator from Louisiana, who actually voted in favor of the last Trump impeachment, he too was expressing his reservations over all of this over the weekend. Well, no one should be above the law, but no one should be a target of the law. As Bill Barr has said, uh, this is less about the crime and more about the target. So um, it has to play out. This is kind of set in motion. But on the other hand, what I think is the particular problem is it's going to lead to all kinds of political theater. Theater that is going to distract from addressing the issues that are incredibly important to our country right now that are not about just one person or about somebody running for re-election as a DA in New York, but rather about the future of our country, whether it's Social Security, inflation, crime on the streets. And unfortunately, the theater will distract from that discussion. Well, I mean, all of the discussions will be distracted from no matter what going forward. Nancy Pelosi put out an all-time insanely stupid tweet over the weekend in the aftermath of the announcement of the indictment. Pelosi said, quote, the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. No one is above the law. Everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence. Hopefully, the former president will peacefully respect the system, which grants him that right. Um, you may notice that this is a complete failure to understand criminal law in the United States. A trial is not to prove innocence. It is to establish guilt. You are innocent until proven guilty. According to Nancy Pelosi, if you are the former president of the United States, you have to actually prove your own innocence. That is the only way for you to, to move forward in life. Meanwhile, Stormy Daniels, who... It is amazing how Stormy Daniels has become a hero of the resistance for legitimately, screw, according to her, screwing a married man and then shaking him down for money. This makes her a hero of, of the resistance. Here she was over the weekend talking about how she's willing to testify. Well, I'm sure she is. I mean, she'd love nothing better than to be able to charge a little bit more for her striptease routine. I had a Zoom call with, you know, the the prosecutors and told them what I did and made it clear that I was willing to go on the stand and, and tell my story if they if they needed me. But at this very moment in time, I have not officially been called. It looked like I was going to be called uh, two Fridays ago, and then it changed. So it changes by the minute, honestly. A person in power is not exempt from the law. No matter what your job is or your your bank account says that you're held accountable for the things you've done and said and justice is served. Well, I mean, if, if we're talking about the most honest and trustworthy people, Stormy Daniels, former porn star who is screwing a married man and then shaking him down for cash repeatedly, actually, over the course of years, th those are your witnesses. It's like Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen, a convicted perjurer. So yeah, things, things are going great for the prosecution. Now, it may not matter. Here's the truth. The judge probably should throw this out even before it gets to trial. If what we have seen so far is representative of the underlying case that the grand jury has seen. There is not enough evidence for this thing to go to trial because it's an untested legal theory and everybody knows it. I mean, even Cyrus Vance, right? Cyrus Vance is the former Manhattan DA. Cyrus Vance is very anti-Trump. He had wanted to indict Trump really badly because it would have made him famous. And even Cyrus Vance, who's asked over the weekend, so what's the deal? It, why didn't you actually indict Donald Trump? You saw the exact same evidence that Alvin Bragg is seeing right now. Chuck Todd asked him, so why didn't you do it? And he's like, well, I mean, it is kind of a novel theory that you can tie a state misdemeanor to a federal campaign violation that was not prosecuted by the federal government. One will be um, claiming that the novel legal theory, meaning this first legal theory uh, uh, that that Alvin Bragg is going to be using to make a felony in state law, um, whether that is uh, uh, applicable here. There's the issue of Michael Cohen's testimony and there's the issue of the statute of limitations as a if you were the prosecutor. Which one of those three hurdles would you see to be the highest? Well, I think this is obviously a case of great consequence and a case that's never happened before. So uh, it's novel in and of itself. I think there's I think the, uh, if I'm guessing about the president's strategy and it's only a guess and he'll have excellent lawyers. Uh, is that they will take a run at uh, the law first, perhaps on the question of whether or not the misdemeanors can be elevated. Uh, that's probably more a question of law than a question of fact. 
Okay, so if that's a question of law, then it's going to be up to the judge. And this is going to be a major issue for the judge. The judge basically is going to have two major issues on his plate at the very beginning of this trial. One is, should this even go forward? And two is going to be, do you televise it? A lot of people are calling for the televising of it specifically because on the left, they don't want Trump to dissimulate about what exactly is going on inside the courtroom. On the right, because you don't want the press to dissimulate about what's going on inside the courtroom. We'll get to questions about the judge in just one moment. First, when you're running a business, your employees can create all kinds of fascinating and terrifying situations. You don't think about HR a lot when you first start a business because you're more worried about you know providing goods and services to people. But then you get a little ways in, you got some employees, and HR problems crop up. If you haven't actually gotten your HR in order, it can be a massive liability hole for you. This is why you should go to Bambi right now. Bambi gives you access to your own dedicated HR manager. This person is available to you by phone, email, and real-time chat. They'll help you run employee onboarding terminations and performance reviews. With Bambi's HR Autopilot feature, you can automate important HR practices like setting policies, employee training, and feedback procedures. All of Bambi's HR managers are based right here in the United States and can support the nuances across all 50 states. HR managers, they can easily cost 80 grand a year. Bambi starts at 99 bucks a month, so you're saving a lot of money and you're covering yourself against the possibility of serious liability if you don't do it. Schedule your free conversation today. See how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type Ben Shapiro under podcast when you sign up. Spell B-A-M-B-E-E.com. That's Bambi.com. Type in Ben Shapiro right now under podcast when you sign up. All right, so the judge is going to have a couple of major questions on his docket. One is, as Cyrus Vance, Manhattan DA put it, is this even sufficient to support a case? There will be a motion to dismiss immediately from Trump's defense team saying, you've not even alleged a full crime considering that there is no tested legal theory whereby state falsification of business records, a misdemeanor, gets elevated into a felony because it's falsification of business records about a campaign finance issue that was not prosecuted at the federal government level. And there is no prosecution pending at the federal government level. The judge is a person named Juan Merchan. He's been on the New York bench for 16 years. And Trump is immediately leaping into attacking the judge, which, by the way, is an incredibly stupid strategy. I mean, let me just make clear that when it comes to being a lawyer, I've done a little bit of lawyering. I obviously went to Harvard Law, and then I served as a lawyer for a couple of, I was at a law firm for about a year, and then I worked as a, as a lawyer for Talk Radio Network, which is a major radio syndicator. Okay, rule number one, don't attack the judge. If you're, if you're a lawyer or the lawyer's client. Rule number two, if you're the client, shut up. Seriously, shut up. Now, it's one thing for Trump to go out and fulminate about how the case against him is unfair, considering that, again, he's in the middle of a political campaign and he is, in fact, being politically targeted from all available evidence. Understood. Don't attack the judge. That is a huge mistake. And the and Trump's lawyer, Joe Tacopino, is basically saying that, right? He was attempting to walk that back. Tacopino is literally Trump's. There is no worse job on planet Earth than being Trump's lawyer. It's a very, very difficult job because, again, if you're a lawyer, what you want is for your client to do what you tell your client to do. No one has ever told Donald Trump what to do. So here is Joe Tacopino trying to walk back. Donald, Donald Trump went on Truth Social and started ripping into the judge. He said, the judge assigned to my witch hunt case, a case that has never been charged before, hates me. So here is Trump's lawyer trying to walk that one back. Will you ask for a different What's the judge? Question? Well, I just said, we have to get the indictment and then we'll, we'll evaluate every single legal maneuver. The, um, you know, I have no issue with this judge whatsoever. Well, the, your client um, does. He says has that a very he's- good reputation. Well, well, my, but my client has a right to have an issue with everything. He's been politically persecuted. Make no mistake about that, Dana. Whether you're on the right or the left, or you're a supporter or detractor of Donald Trump, this should really bother you. This, this should really shake the core of what we believe our justice system should be about. It should not be weaponized to go after political opponents. So the ju- you don't believe this here. judge so is biased? out because he's the victim. I have no reason to believe this okay. judge is biased. I've not been before him on this matter. Okay, so Trump's lawyer happens to be taking the right tack here, which is you get to say whatever you want if you are the defendant in this case about the nature of the case itself, but attacking the judge is not a particularly smart strategy. Now, Trump does have some history with the judge, not Trump personally, but Trump world has some history with the judge. This judge oversaw the grand jury that indicted the the Trump companies, right? He presided over the Alan Weisselberg case. That was Trump's longtime former chief financial officer who ended up pleading guilty to his role in a tax fraud scheme. He got five months in jail and and Trump's companies were fined about $1.6 million. He was also assigned a criminal case against Steve Bannon with regard to Bannon supposedly and allegedly cheating people out of money to build a fake border wall. So Merchant has, has been involved with Trump world before. There, regardless of all of that, and regardless of whatever he thinks about Trump world, He's going to have to establish why exactly this novel legal theory should even be brought to court. And I can't imagine anything more damaging to to Democrats at this point 
than if Trump's case gets dismissed by the judge. Let's say that let's say the judge looks at this and he says, listen, there, there just is nothing here. How exactly do, do Democrats respond to that, considering they've been all in on the Trump is a criminal routine for quite a while now? There's still a bunch of other pending cases against Donald Trump. All the focus right now is on this Manhattan case, because, again, the world is going to get the mugshot that it has long desired. And, and when I say the world, I really mean like the whole world. There's a group of people in America who are like, you know what? It's just kind of a bad idea to indict former presidents and, uh, and leaders of the opposing political party, because if you wish for some level of comedy inside American democracy, you shouldn't go after political opponents with the tools of law enforcement as a general rule. And there are those of us who believe that. And then there are a group of people who are like, well, actually, it's going to be real good for Trump if he gets indicted because it demonstrates how corrupt the system is. And so we'll be wearing around the T-shirt with Trump's picture on it to show the injustice of the American system. And on the left, we'll be wearing around the picture, same exact picture of, of Trump, his mugshot, in order to demonstrate that the Republican Party is corrupt and evil. Uh, it's fun and games for everyone, except for, you know, the normal American voter who would actually like politics to go back to being the business of how you run government in a in a country of 340 million people. But this is not the only case that is facing Trump. As Reuters points out, there's still a, a couple of federal cases that are that are pending here. One is on the possible obstruction of justice by Trump in the classified documents probe. Now, again, they, the kind of common assumption here has been that the DOJ may not go forward with that particular case, specifically because it turns out that everybody in American government apparently has classified documents at their house. Now, Trump is distinguished, you could theoretically say, legally speaking, because did he tell people to lie about the classified documents as opposed to, say, Joe Biden? But again, I think it's going to be a very flimsy read for the DOJ to stand on. The other case is, of course, the January 6th case, the attempt to, to charge Trump with some level of incitement or insurrection or something along those lines. Again, I think it's a difficult case, too. And there's still a Georgia pending case. That is the one suggesting that Trump obstructed justice or involved himself in crimes in order to pressure the state of Georgia to change its final vote tally and certification back in 2020. All those cases are still pending. My feeling is that now that the glass has been broken, the likelihood that more of those cases are going to be filed has now gone up. Now, again, as we've been saying, the political consequences for Trump are actually pretty good inside the Republican Party. If you're, if you're just Team Trump and you're like, we need him to win the nomination, you're not all that upset about all of this happening right now because it makes Trump the center of the political universe once again. And if he's the center of the Republican political universe, the high likelihood is that he will earn the nomination. That was helped this weekend by the fact that the only other candidates who have jumped in at this point, Nikki Haley, right, who's been in for a couple of months at this point, she's now been accompanied by Asa Hutchinson. Man, you want to drive people into Trump's camp, run Asa Hutchinson, the former Arkansas governor. Get to that in a moment. First, Really important thing you can do for yourself, for your family this coming year. Really important. Preserve all those family memories. You go out into your garage and what you will see is a bunch of old VHS tapes. Do you even have a VCR anymore? No one has a VCR anymore. You see a bunch of old film reels from your parents. That stuff has been moldering in the garage for a while and over time it degrades. What if you could preserve that stuff forever? I've done this for my parents several times with Legacy Box. I've done it for myself also with Legacy Box. Legacy Box does an amazing job. Your family's special moments, if they were captured on analog media, like those film reels or the tapes, those are in danger. You can't just keep them indefinitely in an attic or a basement and expect them to survive the test of time. Instead, head on over to Legacy Box. It's a simple, safe way to digitize your treasured videotapes, film reels, and photos. Everything is professionally digitized right here in the United States. Just send in your old media. Their team will send back everything digitized so you can share it on social media for your family and friends. Over a million people have trusted Legacy Box to preserve their memories. So should you. Legacy Box right now is offering my listeners an incredible $9 tape offer. That's over 60% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Shop nine buck tapes and film transfers. A limited quantity available. They are selling fast. LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. There's never been a better time to convert your entire collection. Okay, so Asa Hutchinson over the weekend, apparently in an attempt to make Trump's race even easier, decided to announce that he was going to run for president. Where was the giant upswell for Asa Hutchinson? the former Arkansas governor, who is mostly famous for being rather hawkish with regard to, say, masking in the state of Arkansas and being rather dovish with regards to the left-wing social agenda. Where, where, was, where were the, the Republicans who were like, man, we need some Asa Hutchinson in this race? The delusional nature of our politicians is just beyond compare. It truly is amazing. Having spent, unfortunately for me, an inordinate amount of time with politicians, let me just tell you, at least 82.7% of them think they will be president at one point, and they are nearly all of them delusional. Virtually none of them have a serious shot at the presidency, but they believe since they were five years old that they will be president of the United States. And so it doesn't matter if there is no crowd for them. It doesn't matter if there is no demand for them to run. They know deep in their hearts that there is a shot. They'll be no, there isn't, Asa Hutchinson. No, there isn't. I'm sorry. All you're doing is continuing to split the vote for all the people who are not going to vote for Trump into a bunch of fragmentary camps. I'm not going to say that Hutchinson has a real shot at winning 
more than his immediate family because he, he really doesn't. But what he will do is presumably provide the media with the fodder to attack the Republican base once again, because this is what this is the media's favorite game with regard to Trump. If you consider Trump in a primary, if you even consider Trump, or if you look at somebody who's not Trump in a primary, and that person is not H. The Hutchinson, let them, the, he will become the best Republican in the race, according to the media, Asa Hutchinson. He will be the media's favorite Republican. Larry Hogan considered it from Maryland. There's some talk that Chris Sununu from New Hampshire might become the media's favorite Republican in this race. Well, now we know who it's going to be. It's going to be Asa Hutchinson, who announced this, by the way. There's nothing more tin-eared and tone-deaf than announcing a Republican presidential run on ABC's This Week, a show that no Republican watches because it is a highly biased left-wing show. Anyway, here is Asa Hutchinson. When I spoke to you earlier this year, you said you were thinking about running for president. Have you made a decision? Are you running? I have made a decision, and my decision is I'm going to run for president of the United States. While the formal announcement will be later in April in Bentonville, uh, I wanted to make clear that to you, Jonathan, I am going to be running. And the reason, uh, as I've traveled the country for six months, I hear people talk about the leadership of our country and I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. Yeah, the answer is no. Somebody who seems to be uh, a little bit wiser about this is Senator Tim Scott. So there, there are some people behind the scenes who are questioning whether Tim Scott ought to be running from South Carolina. My answer is probably not. It doesn't seem like Tim Scott's time. Again, I'm not seeing where's the wild upsurge in enthusiasm for the Tim Scott candidacy. The reality is that what would be best for the Republican Party at this point and best for conservative voters would be a simple binary choice between Donald Trump and, say, Governor Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump and literally any of the other mainstream Republican candidates, because then you get your choice. Then you get your choice. I don't think what anybody wants inside the Republican Party is somebody walking away with the nomination winning 35 percent of the vote. I don't think that would be good for the Republican Party. It would also allow the media to, again, play this ridiculous game where if Trump walks away with the nomination with 35 percent of the vote, this means that you supported every single thing about Trump which is the game they've been playing since literally he got the nomination in 2016 and they doubled down on that game after January 6th. And in an attempt, however, to push Trump to the president to, to the presidential nomination, there's one group above all in the United States who deeply desires that Donald Trump be the nominee. And that, of course, are the members of the mainstream media. They want it so bad they can taste it. They love this idea. They love it because, again, they think that Trump is eminently beatable in general. Now, they may be totally wrong. It may be that they get exactly what they are wishing for, that Trump gets the nomination and then he pulls a rabbit out of the hat again and ends up president of the United States. And you just have the endless meme of the of the screaming lady from 2016 in the streets. And just get which which I will admit on a, a sort of karmic level would be delicious. But it's clear where the media are putting all of their sort of eggs right now. And their eggs are all in the Trump basket. Anybody who tells you the media are rooting against Trump in the primaries is lying to you. It is not true. The media want him to get the nomination. They're desperate for him to get the nomination, which presumably is why over the weekend, CNN trotted out Aaron Burnett and Daniel Dale, who's been MIA. Daniel Dale, actually, I'm glad to see that he's alive still. He's basically been missing in action since the Trump administration ended. He was the, the famous fact checker who would go on the air and then he would, in meticulous detail, treat everything that Donald Trump with absolute literal seriousness. And then when it came to the Democrats, you just ignore it. So when Biden became president, then they, they, stash, they stashed Daniel Dale in witness protection. He just went away for a couple of years. Well, now he's back and he's back this time to critique Ron DeSantis. Why? Because DeSantis over the weekend, he slammed this uh, Soros backed DA. Here was Ron DeSantis over the weekend. Then we'll get to CNN, which is, again, attempting to attack literally everyone who's running against Donald Trump because they want Donald Trump to be the nominee. And there may be no uh, uh, issue that's caused crime to spiral more out of control in certain cities such as Philadelphia than the election of progressive prosecutors funded by people like George Soros. And now you have this Manhattan district attorney who his whole platform when he got elected was that he was going to downgrade as many felonies as possible to misdemeanors. He was going to keep as many people out of jail, even habitual criminals, as possible. Uh, and he was going to go light on all these things as part of, quote, criminal justice reform. So that's his posture. He doesn't want to charge people with felonies. So now he turns around, purely for political purposes, and indicts a former president on misdemeanor offenses that they're straining to try to convert into felonies. Okay, so that was DeSantis' take, but he mentioned George Soros. So the left's take is that if you mention George Soros in the context of a thing George Soros actually does, supporting progressive prosecutors, this means you're anti-Semitic. 
Okay, as the official Jew, let me just tell you, that's bullshit. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Okay, George Soros is a very far left person who spends literally tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, in order to promote far left causes. And this has been true for progressive DAs across. He wrote an entire op-ed in the Wall Street Journal talking about why he supports progressive prosecutors. But according to CNN, you're not allowed to mention George Soros's name in context of Alvin Bragg, lest you be labeled an anti-Semite. I definitely want to hear this from Daniel Dale and Aaron Burnett. Soros, obviously very controversial among Republicans, and it often does, Daniel, boil down to a very thinly veiled attack on his religion. Yeah, so there is a, a oh, centuries-old anti-Semitic trope, Aaron, about like sinister Jewish puppet masters somehow orchestrating U.S. and international events with their cash. And attacks on Soros are often either explicitly anti-Semitic attacks or dog whistle attacks invoking that trope. Uh, Oren Siegel, an executive of the Anti-Defamation League, which works to combat anti-Semitism, told me today that the Trump campaign's own fundraising emails about Bragg have, quote, increasingly promoted potentially problematic language often used as anti Semitic dog whistles, including calling Soros a, quote, puppeteer or puppet master, mm. and on from there. The, it, this is so ridiculous. The entire left called Sheldon Adelson a puppet master. The entire left suggested that Sheldon Adelson's money was controlling the Republican Party. And hear any of this Daniel Dale nonsense about how it's anti-Semitism to point out that major Democratic donors are major Democratic donors. Has anybody mentioned George Soros's religion? By the way, George Soros, in terms of practice, about as Jewish as a ham sandwich. Like, it's, it, this is not a practicing Jew in any serious way, George Soros. So th this notion that, like, all Jews are being labeled because George Soros spends a lot of money on far-left causes is totally crazy. But, again, the idea here has nothing to do with George Soros. The idea here is that if you are Ron DeSantis or if you are anybody who's not Trump, all the focus is now going to be from media on Trump's opponents because they desperately want to see him as the nominee. Now, all of this, you know, all of these sort of political fights over Trump versus not Trump and all this, all of this is ignoring a central battle in the United States, which is the culture war. I understand that everybody in the media wants to pretend the culture war is not important. The culture war is the most important thing. Why? Because you cannot have a functioning country built on top of a completely broken culture. It doesn't work that way. You can't have a functioning nation that is built entirely on, on the roots of a culture that has been shattered. When the foundations have been shattered, there ain't nothing left to have elections over. And what we are watching right now is the continual shattering of that culture exacerbated by the Biden administration. We'll get to that momentarily first. As Jews in Ukraine are celebrating Passover, once again, Passover begins a little bit later this week. The threat of war is still a reality. Many are elderly Jews and Holocaust survivors who fled their homes and now find themselves seeking a place to live without food, without water, in desperate need of life's basic necessities. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews has been in Ukraine every day since the war began. The fellowship's partners and volunteers are on the ground right now. They need help to reach even more Jewish lives with life-saving food. Even today, the need for Passover meals has reached levels they haven't seen before. They're helping elderly Jews in harm's way in Ukraine. They're also caring for orphaned children, families, Holocaust survivors living in extreme poverty throughout Israel and the former Soviet Union. There's a lot you can do right now. With a gift of just 25 bucks, you'll help provide one recipient with a Passover food box filled with matzah and other special Seder foods. Plus, today, they have a special matching challenge opportunity. Your gift will double in impact. So there actual is, there's, there's urgency because Passover is about to start, but also there's a matching program. So whatever you give, is essentially doubled. Go to benforthefellowship.org or call 800-331-3737 to make a gift of just 25 bucks to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews to help rush a Passover food box. That's benforthefellowship.org or call 800-331-3737 to rush that Passover food box today. Also, folks, you've heard me talk about Jeremy's Razors, our answer to the woke companies that hate your values but will gladly take your cash. I'm here to remind you, we are more than just a razor company. We have a great line of men's staples. Let me, let me show these to you. Behold, we're talking about hair, body, skin care. Yes, beard care. I've got the hair and body line with me right now. These, these, are, these are great products. And they, and they look high quality. And also, they don't insult you. They don't make you feel like you're garbage just for being a normal human being. They have the tea tree, an argan oil-infused shampoo and conditioner. They got the exfoliating charcoal body wash. They smell great. They will keep your hair, body, and conscience clean. You won't be giving your money to companies that think you are toxic. They're also 100% sulfate-free, paraben-free, woke-free. They're made right here in the United States of America. Head on over to jeremysrazors.com. Kick woke companies out of your bathroom today. Well, when we speak of a broken culture, case 1, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1, 1Z, the, the main case, when you look to the break, brokenness of American culture and Western culture, is the fact that we can no longer define the words men and women. And our corporate Sponsors, you know, corporate people, the, the corporate businesses out there, they have fully bought in to this line. I don't know what the marketing strategy is here. I honest to God don't know. Are, are there, is there really a belief inside the halls of power at Bud Light, at Anheuser-Busch, that the people who drink Bud Light on a regular basis 
are very warm toward people like Dylan Mulvaney, men who pretend that they are women. Apparently, that is the logic. Because, again, the, the whole idea here is that you must have skin in the game. If you are on the left, you must have skin in the game. And the way you demonstrate you have skin in the game is by praising nonsense like this. You have to demonstrate. Like, the, the crazier the thing you believe, the more you demonstrate that you have, you have real fealty to the insane left-wing radical ideology. And so they'll just cram this down. Corporate America will cram this down. The White House will cram this crap down. And this would be a massive opening for a normal, sane Republican Party. We'll see if the Republican Party can gain any semblance of normality and, and sanity before the 2024 election. But you know these are real issues in the United States. And again, they get the game flex to play is they do something truly offensive to logic. And then they say, how dare you notice that we're doing this thing? But this is a thing that actually happened over the weekend. I, I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Apparently, it is not an April Fool's joke, or we have no evidence that it was, and it's now April 3rd. Dylan Mulvaney, who is a man masquerading as a woman, was granted a sponsorship by Bud Light. Now, I understand Bud Light is piss water masquerading as beer. So I guess that, you know, it's sort of trans beer, I suppose. But nonetheless, Dylan Mulvaney was paid money to advertise Bud Light, and they made a special can of Bud Light with Dylan Mulvaney's face on it. Not like Dylan Mulvaney's normal face, like before the, the jaw surgery, but like, the, but like Dylan Mulvaney's new face. Here is uh, a little bit of the video of Dylan Mulvaney announcing a sponsorship from Bud Light. By the way, I should just point out here, Dylan Mulvaney, a man who's pretended to be a woman for about a year, is now sponsored by, here's a list, Bud Light Tampax, where, where, Kate Spade, KitchenAid, in the blender, I guess, uh, Plaza Hotel, Stella McCartney, and Crest. And Crest, well, I mean, is, is this person really moving product? I just have a question. Like, from a capitalistic perspective, is Dylan Mulvaney moving product? Apparently, Bud Light thinks so. So here's Dylan Mulvaney as a sponsored person by Bud Light. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this Good thing boy. called March Madness. And I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story ah. to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. Love ya. And then Dylan Mulvaney released another video of himself in a bathtub, in a bathing suit, blowing bubbles with the Bud Light. So first of all, just want to point out here how stereotypically ridiculous it is for a man to pretend to be a woman and then use every ridiculous stereotype about women. Apparently, women don't know what March Madness is. Did you know that? Did you know that no woman knows what March Madness is? You just thought it was a stressful month. How do women not find this utterly bizarre and insulting? I, I don't understand. And who is the crowd for whom Bud Light is doing this? And the answer is, of course, all of their friends. They're doing this for the internet media. Their assumption is that there won't be a massive number of Bud Light consumers who look at this and go, I'm not buying Bud Light. Like, I'd rather just buy another crappy beer. Like, it's, it, they think that they can get away with this, culturally speaking. And pretty much all of the culture thinks this because they live in a magical bubble of their own making. This is, this is all nuttiness or non-nuttiness as the case may be. But again, it is not restricted to Dylan Mulvaney. Apparently, according to Breitbart, pop star Lizzo's brand, Yiddy, is launching shapewear for gender nonconforming communities. This includes chest binders for women and tucking thongs for men. I'm sure that that is a massive bestseller. Yiddy said, quote, when we say we support everybody, we mean it. We believe in radical self-love for people of all gender identities, including the trans, non-binary, gender fluid, and gender nonconforming communities that have been chronically underserved. Nothing says radical self-love like uh, taping your up inside yourself. That, 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 is, that, is what, that is the radical self-love that, that people have been seeking for, for literally ages. The tucking thong is what they've been looking for for ages. Or, you know, some, some instrument that crushes your breasts to your body if you're a woman. This, this is how you perform radical self-love, guys. I, I know that you thought that that was actually, you know, seems like painful and unfortunate. But apparently that is an act of radical self-love. Now, all of this would just be a bizarre cultural moment, except for the fact it's being actively promoted by the federal government of the United States to whom you pay inordinate tax dollars. So lest we forget, last week, a trans person murdered a bunch of Christian school children in Nashville, Tennessee. And this has gone completely unnoticed. It is it not only unnoticed, but 
Saturday marks the Trans Day of Visibility. Because, by the way, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but trans people are like invisible. They're totally invisible. I mean, except for the fact that they now appear in literally every major television show and also every major ad campaign, including like Crest and Bud Light. They're utterly invisible. We need a trans day of visit because they're invisible, right? I mean, forget the fact that we actively have trans flags flying from federal buildings. No, super invisible, like just a secret that no one talks about except for how it's been the talk of the town for literally a decade at this point. So we, we, need, to, we need to foster the, the trans ideology, the lie that boys can become girls. And we need to do that without reference to the fact that the radicalization of certain members of the trans community by the lie that there is a genocidal attempt to kill them as opposed to not accepting the lie that they are in fact members of the opposite sex, that actively is a bad agenda and a dangerous agenda. But Joe Biden is going to double down on this thing. This is a culture war he apparently wants. He thinks this is a culture war he is going to win. He does. The left, yeah, I will say that, that pretty much all of politics domestically, internationally at this point, is just a matter of reactionary idiocy. It's like the, the left has decided that because they don't like Donald Trump, now boys are girls. And they're going to push that in the aftermath of a girl who said that she was a boy murdering a bunch of Christian school kids. So Joe Biden, who has spent pretty much no time talking about the victims in Nashville, but has spent an awful lot of time over the course of last week talking about the victimization of trans people, he put out a tweet saying, quote, on transgender day of visibility, we want you to know that we see you just as you are made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. We'll never stop working to create a world where you won't have to be brave just to be yourself. The number of absurd, bizarre twistings and lies in just this one three-sentence statement is amazing, amazing. Let's just start right from the beginning there. On Transgender Day of Visibility, we want you to know that we see you just as you are. You actively do not. You actively do not. Okay, you, you say that you see people as they are. No, you see them as they insist that you see them. That is not as they are. As they are implies an objective reality that you can identify and notice. Okay, well, that's the opposite of what you're doing. Made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. Every human being is made in the image of God. Not every human choice is a godly choice. Made in the image of God. You know, if you're going to cite the verse, at least cite the entire verse. Okay, like this drives me absolutely up, up a wall. As somebody who actually believes in the Bible and somebody who actually knows the Bible and reads it in the original Hebrew, let me just point out to you at this point that the verse he is citing explicitly rejects what he is saying right now about the idea that men can be women and women can be men. Okay, the actual verse, just to read it in Hebrew to you, is, Okay, so for those who don't speak Hebrew, the literal verse is, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He says it's the beginning of the verse, but he can't even get to the end of the verse without debunking himself. It's unbelievable. And then, of course, you know, we, we, we have to create a world where you won't have to be brave just to be yourself. What do you mean brave to be yourself? Being yourself is like the least brave thing. In fact, it's almost unavoidable. It's very hard not to be yourself. It's actually quite easy to be yourself. The question is whether you are making good or bad life decisions and whether we are incentivizing people to do damaging things to themselves and their own bodies. But this is the agenda that is now being pushed and fostered by the radical left. Karine Jean-Pierre makes this even clearer. She tweeted out over the weekend, did our wonderful press secretary, quote, this year's Transgender Day of Visibility comes in the midst of a historic wave of attacks on transgender kids. Oh, you know what it also came in the midst of? It came in the midst of dead Christian kids at a Nashville school. I don't see you commenting on that. That weird. It's very, very strange. Nearly 600 anti-LGBTQ bills have been filed so far this year in state houses across the country, and more than half target young people, says Karine Jean-Pierre. As the president has said, transgender youth are the bravest people we know. The bravest. They're the bravest. So first of all, transgender youth, like five-year-olds who say they are transgender, is a lie. Those are parents who are pressuring their kids into making decisions they're not qualified to make and have no basis to make. But they are the bravest people. Literally the. We're not talking about like, Members of SEAL Team 6 going and killing bad The bravest people you know are kids who are sexually confused and gender confused and whose parents have decided to put them in the public about this sort of thing. To transgender folks across this country, says KJP, this administration has your back. This administration has your back. Again, didn't see a lot of tweets from KJP about the names of the kids who were killed in Nashville. That, of course, is utterly irrelevant. This has become a government policy. Now, this would be a good time for norm, for, for, in American people that actually would like a normal definition of male and female to prevail, to come together. But that would require our politics to not be completely insane. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, the fact is that it's hard to find great people to fill your, your job. 
Hiring can be a really, really difficult process, especially when you have a lot of open jobs and not enough people to fill those open jobs. Well, ZipRecruiter can help you fix this problem. It's the best place to find the right position or if you're an employer, the right person to join the team. ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter's matching technology helps you find the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. See why the majority of employers count on ZipRecruiter for out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter and get a quality candidate within day one. Use my exclusive web address, try ZipRecruiter for free. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. We've been using it at DailyWire ourselves for literally years. You should do the same. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. You can try it out for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Uh, as I say, our culture is completely broken. If we lived in a normal culture, you wouldn't have, you know, the federal government of the United States pushing the lie that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. But that's what we had over the weekend. So Rachel Levine, who is a man pretending to be a woman and also happens to be a fake admiral, it was a point, Rachel Levine has never served in the military, but was made an admiral at like Health and Human Services. So, great. Okay, here's Rachel Levine over the weekend announcing Transgender Day of Visibility from Health and Human Services. This is just dystopian nonsense. Happy Transgender Day of Visibility. I am Admiral Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary for Health at the Department of Health and Human Services. For the second year in a row, the transgender flag is flying above our department in Washington, D.C. And this is an affirmation of the administration's support for the transgender community and across the nation, as well as our support for evidence-based gender-affirming care. Evidence-based, gender-affirming care, says I, a woman. Strong stuff there. By by the way, I do love the idea that now we just get to fly the flags of particular ideological groups above government buildings. It's very exciting. See, when I was growing up, the flags that got flown above government buildings were basically restricted to the federal flag, the state flag, and maybe a POW MIA flag. Those were the flags. There were no other flags. That was it. And now it's like, well, you know, do we have a pride progress flag around here? Do we have, you know, uh, a, a flag for, for sadomasochists who, who really enjoy little puppy play? Like, can we have that flag up there at the Health and Human Services? I mean, that is America. That's what America is all about. How do we know this is what America is all about? Well, the Minnesota Capitol, they, they had a celebration they did at the Minnesota Capitol. So Minnesota has now signed into law legislation that guarantees that you can trans the children. And uh, at the Minnesota Capitol, they had a full event and the Minnesota Capitol was graced by the best of what humanity has to offer. It used to be that the most treasured places in our nation were reserved for great politicians, great thinkers, sometimes, occasionally, great musicians or artists. Well, now I think we've exceeded all those expectations. Minnesota's state capital was graced by the twerkings of a drag star named Tommy St. James to the cheering throngs assembled in the middle of the Minnesota state capital. Well, this, this is... Uh, we, we Western civilization, we are on the right course here. Everything's fine. Yep, that's a dude dressed as a lady in a giant blue fright wig. Gyrating around. And people cheering and clapping in the Minnesota state capitol. Your taxpayer dollars hit work, Minnesotans. Uh, we have now moved beyond the point of parody. It is not possible to parody anything anymore. Now, again, this is all tied into a radical agenda that is not just about ensuring that male and female are obliterated as ontological categories. It's also tied into an agenda that is supposed to drive trans people to believe. And when I say trans people, I mean people who identify as transgender, because I deny the idea, the very idea that a, that a man who believes he is a woman is in fact a different category of human being than just a man who believes he is a woman. So, the, the, but the idea here is that if you are a person who identifies a member of the opposite sex, that you are under genocidal threat. So if I refuse to use your preferred pronouns because there are these words, there are these things called words in the universe. They're supposed to have meanings that are discernible to all humans who use that language. Because I object to your falsification of language, this is now genocidal. And then we are surprised when people get violent or people seem as though they, 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 they treat this as a form of aggression that can only be dealt with by physical violence. This is part of the broader agenda. Activate a group of people and pretend that they are under some sort of brutal threat that requires sometimes actual physical violence. There is a Kentucky Democratic state senator who was making this case over the weekend. Is Karen Berg, 
suggesting that uh, on MSNBC, they're quote unquote coming after gay and trans people. What do you mean coming after? Do you mean like jailing them? Do you mean persecuting them physically? Or do you just mean not accepting their arguments? This is national craziness. There's a lot of fingers to it. It's not just anti-trans, anti-gay. They think that if they can marginalize a small group, then after that, and they get that support, then they can marginalize a larger group. And let me tell you, sir, they are coming after you and they are coming after me. History teaches us that. Uh, No. And also, uh, this is a person, you want to know why this person has decided to pick up this banner. It's because this person's son was a transgender rights advocate who died by suicide in 2022. So this person has, you know, a belief that society is the cause of all this, presumably. And I, when I say son, I don't know if the, I assume this means that this is a daughter who, who transitioned into being a son, according to according to mom over here. Meanwhile, all of this is driving some pretty radical action. It turns out it's not just radical rhetoric. It drives some pretty radical action, which is why you saw trans activists storm the Texas state capitol the other day. This would make the third state capitol building that has been stormed inside of the last week. Because we saw it in Kentucky, and we also saw it in Tennessee, and now we've also seen it, apparently, in Texas. trans kids. kids. It's all about the children, guys. Teaching kids that they're a member of the opposite sex. It's all about protecting kids. kids. Oh, good God. It's but they, they, this is insurrectiony, very insurrectiony. So what exactly are the demands? What are the demands here? Well, um, some trans activists did a, uh, a rally over the weekend in which they expressed their demands of the rest of humanity. And here's what it sounded like. I will now read those demands to you. And this is an eternally incomplete list of the necessary actions for all people to take, including legislators, parents, teachers, coaches, colleagues, and everyone. We call for school faculty and staff to undergo mandated LGBTQ plus specific diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Oh, you'd be indoctrination. Now struggle sessions. Okay. What else? Create and follow a clear plan for trans students to use chosen names in place of legal names, unless specifically instructed otherwise by the student. <laughs> Designate funding for at least one clearly designated and functioning gender neutral bathroom at all times and transition to single stall and multi stall gender neutral bathrooms. Got to change over all the bathrooms. Of course. Of course. What is undergirding all of this? The idea that if you refuse to go along with the agenda, then you must atone. So one of the creepier TikTok stars, a person named Jeffrey Marsh, uh, he went on his TikTok feed and he explained that they're going to win because they want your respect and they want it right now. Now, here's the thing about respect, folks. There's a general rule about respect. Respect has to be earned. It can't be demanded. When you demand respect and you have done nothing to earn respect, you're not going to get the respect. There's nothing that demands respect about claiming a falsehood about life. There's nothing that demands respect about suggesting that children ought to be indoctrinated with the lie that they can be a member of the opposite sex. There's nothing that demands respect about suggesting that you get to dictate to the rest of humanity how they use words like he and she in contravention of all known definitions. But the the, the demand is, if it's a demand by the marginalized, then this means that everyone else must accept. Here is Jeffrey Marsh. Let me tell you something about LGBTQ rights, about trans rights. This is only going in one direction. You will respect us. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can think it's unfair. You can feel like we're stealing something from you. But it's still only going in one direction. You will respect us. So a boot with the Pride Progress flag stomping on the human face forever is, is the direction. Oh, you saw this manifest in um, a video over the weekend. This one it was in Canada. There is a, an activist up in Canada named Billboard Chris. He literally just goes to rallies and he wears a, a sandwich board. And so he was wearing a sandwich board that expressed the idea that children are not capable of consenting to being trans, which of course seems pretty obvious. And he was then confronted by a bunch of men dressed as women who got right up in his face and then eventually ended up trying to beat the hell out of him. Here's the video. You, 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 
So he's literally just standing there with a um with a billboard. And uh, there we go. There are trans people knocking him down, trying to trying to beat him up. Good times, just um. But uh, but justified. I mean, again, this this is not the 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 only violent incident over the course of the last few weeks that has been done in the name of particular ideology. It's just the media excuse all of it because after all, we, they are they are members of a victimized class. White men who believe they are women are apparently a member of a victimized class. That, that is the thing we have to protect most. This is why even a little bit of sanity in our political discourse goes a long way. So Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor of Virginia, who the left despises because she is a black woman who is not on the left. Uh, she was on Bill Maher's show over the weekend, did a tremendous job. And the issue of ID of the Tennessee shooter came up, uh, the gender ID of the Tennessee shooter. And Winsome Sears said the line that all of America has been waiting to say, which is, I don't give a crap. He's a murderer. Here we go. They are referring to the murderer by their given name, not their chosen name. Right. And by their um, referring to her as a woman, as opposed to what her identity apparently was, was a man. Right. Which is not the way the media usually does these things. They're usually very particular about the subjective sense of gender identity in respecting that. If someone says they're a man, then they're a man. But in this case, they're not doing that. Hang on. You know what? This person murdered six people. I don't really care who you say you are. You murdered six people and three of them were children. You don't get a say. Well, she's dead now, so, you know. But you don't get a say in telling us who you are and what you're about. You killed six people. So, again, a little bit of normality in American politics will go an awful, awful long way. Well, meanwhile, the culture wars are acting as a, as a shield and a spear for the far left. And meanwhile, they're just lying to everybody. So this is a breaking story from NBC News. Remember that Chinese spy balloon, one that Joe Biden allowed to float over the entire continental United States before shooting it down over the water? And then the next week, he just started shooting down balloons from Party City. Remember that? He was like, oh, no, we, we, we're handling it exactly the way it should have been handled. And oh, oh my gosh, somebody had a birthday. Oh, well, it's a happy birthday, Jim. <laughs> and you remember that? And we were told at the time that the Chinese spy balloon did not actually do any you know, serious surveillance of the United States, that we were fully aware of what was going on. Uh, no, that was a lie, just like everything else the Biden administration apparently says. According to NBC News, the Chinese spy balloon that flew across the United States was able to gather intelligence from several sensitive American military sites, despite the Biden administration's efforts to block it from doing so, according to two current senior U.S. officials and one former senior administration official. China was able to control the balloon so it could make multiple passes over some of the sites, at times flying figure eight formations over like American bases, and then transmitting the information it collected back to Beijing in real time. The intelligence China collected was mostly from electronic signals, which can be picked up from weapon systems or include communications from base personnel rather than images, according to the officials. The three officials said China could have gathered much more intelligence from sensitive sites, if not for the administration's efforts to move around potential targets and obscure the balloon's ability to pick up their electronic signals by stopping them from broadcasting or emitting signals. You know what would have stopped that? Shooting it down. Shooting it down. After the balloon was shot down in February, the Biden administration said it was capable of collecting signals intelligence. They said it didn't really do any damage. There's no big deal. It was all totally fine. It was all, and, and after all, it was necessary to it was, it was overpopulated areas like Montana. Or there are seven people in a cow. It's the liars, they lie. It is, it is not a surprise at all. Okay, one final news update, and then we'll get to a couple of things I like and a couple of things that I hate. So quick news update. Andrew Tate has now been released from Romanian jail. He was released on Friday. According to Fox News, the Bucharest Court of Appeal ruled in Tate's favor after he challenged a judge's ruling to extend his detention for 30 days, according to Ramona Bola, a spokesperson for Romania's anti-organized crime agency. Here was uh, a little bit of Andrew Tate expressing himself and Tristan Tate, his brother, expressing themselves after they were released from jail. I just want to say that the judges today made the right decision. I respect uh, what they've done for me and they will be vindicated in their decision because I'm an innocent man and I can't wait to prove it. Hello, Andrew. Freedom at last. It's a little bit emotional. I've been in one room since last year, so uh, it's a little bit emotional. Uh, I want to give respect, firstly, to the judges who heard us today because they were very attentive and they listened to us and, and they let us free, so I have to give absolute respect to them. I, I truly believe that justice will be served in the end. There is zero percent chance of me being found guilty of something I have not done. I maintain my absolute innocence, and I think most people understand this, and uh, I look forward to uh, being home. 
Alrighty, so we'll keep you updated on any legal developments in that particular case. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. Alrighty, so things that I like. So I have to admit that I have a bit of a debate with my friend Dennis Prager about public marriage proposals. I'm not a huge fan. So I tend to believe that the real marriage proposal, usually the way that it works is that you you know, usually, whether the person who you're proposing to is going to say yes or not before you do these sort of public marriage proposals. There was the real marriage proposal where you had the conversation. And then there's the fake marriage proposal, which is where you do something super dramatic. And, and it's supposed to be a story that you can tell all your friends. I'm not a huge fan of that. Right? My marriage proposal story is pretty simple. My wife and I were having a conversation and I'd been pushing her for about a week that we should get married. And finally, she said, she was, she was concerned what people might think. It turns out she was 20 at the time. And so she looked at me and she said, people are full of bleep. The greatest thing she ever said to me. And then we got married. So there was no like big marriage proposal story. Dennis Prager, my friend, is a big fan of the marriage proposals. He thinks the public marriage proposals are good for society because they, 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 they encourage marriage. Okay, I hear the argument, but he's wrong. So as absolute proof that he's wrong, this is one of the funniest videos of all time. This is a, a, a ridiculously stupid fan at Dodger Stadium who decided to propose to his girlfriend by on opening day disturbing a Major League Baseball game. So he jumped down into the field of play and then proceeded to turn around and take out a ring and get on a knee and propose to his girlfriend. And the rest is uh, is classic video history. Here he goes. Everybody's like, what are you even doing out there, dude? He turns around, he's proposing, he holds up the ring. And everybody's filming. It's shocking. And uh, he's proposing. It's really nice. And bam! Yes! Full-on flying tackle from security. Just destroys the guy. And this is how all public proposals should go. I don't care if it's a Dodger Stadium. I don't care if it's in a restaurant. Next time that happens, somebody needs to tackle the guy. Because you know what? That, that true love is a matter between you and your spouse. It is, it is gen- until the actual wedding, which again is a public celebration of the wedding. Don't disturb other people's dinner or, or other people's baseball game because you want to make some sort of gesture. Now you do it on your own time. Okay, one other thing that I like. So this is actually really funny. Elon Musk had Twitter remove the verified badge from the New York Times. (laughs) This is actually super funny. So Twitter has the blue check, right? The blue check was supposed to be maintained for people who pay the $8 a month for the blue check or for legacy verified users. And Elon Musk is like, you know what? They don't get a legacy verified badge because they're not really really a good journalistic outlet. So the move, according to the Washington Post, continues Musk's year-long grudge against U.S. journalists who have been reportedly critical of him. He removed the badge. It was one of only a few dozen accounts to have seen its badge actually removed. The move appears to have been personally directed or encouraged by Musk, who responded late Saturday night to a meme outlining the Times' decision not to pay for Twitter verification by saying, oh, okay, we'll take it off then. So the Times still says that they are not planning to pay the monthly fee for checkmark status for their institutional Twitter accounts. In a, um, in a deleted tweet from early Sunday morning, Musk had said the company would give verified accounts a few weeks grace unless they, won't t- unless they say they won't pay now, in which case we'll remove it. Overnight, he then tweeted a tax on the Times saying, quote, their propaganda isn't even interesting. So again, I'm all for hilarity. And, uh, and that is really, really funny. Okay, time for a quick thing that I hate. Every bad choice is now an identity. This is where we are as a culture. One of the fundamental distinctions between how the right thinks about life and how the left thinks about life is that the, the right believes that there are such things as immutable characteristics. Race is an immutable characteristic. Skin color, an immutable characteristic. Disability status, for example, immutable characteristics. And then there are all the other things in life, personal choices, behaviors that you choose. These are not identities. These may be things that you do because you have a drive to do them. That's why people do virtually everything in their life. But there's a fundamental distinction between the things you choose to manifest in your behavior in life and the things that are immutable identities. The left has been obliterating that distinction for quite a while here, really since the 60s, when the left decided that somehow being black and being gay were somehow equivalent, which is absurd. And being black is an immutable characteristic. When it comes to being gay, that is a desire. You can say the desire is immutable. You make that argument, but that's not the same thing as the behavior or the identification with the behavior or the identification with the desire. Okay, the, the, those are just fundamentally not, you can, again, that's not even an argument against gay rights. That's just saying that that is not the equivalent of black civil rights because they are not. They are not logically equivalent in any way. But putting that aside, what the left has basically done since the 60s is started to conflate personal decisions that you make in your life with an actual identity group. And once you do that, and the idea is you can't discriminate against identity groups, this now encompasses all sorts of behaviors, which is how you end up 
with this bizarre story from the Seattle Stranger, or as I used to do a radio show in Seattle, the Seattle Stranger, all about people who are um, adult baby diaper lovers. According to the Stranger, they face harmful stigma in their quest for comfort. And here's what the Seattle Stranger writes, quote, what would it feel like to be a baby for a day? Your meals and clothes would be prepared for you. Your busy work schedule would be replaced with hours of mindless fun. All the responsibilities of adulthood would fade into the distance, giving way to a simpler life, if only for a short time. It's a fantasy that Seattle resident Smook has tried to suppress for most of his life. Growing up poor in Missouri, he had little access to children's toys or television, no friends to play with. In 2013, he found a group of people who enjoyed role-playing as babies or wearing adult diapers, called adult baby diaper lovers. He thought he'd found an opportunity to reclaim his childhood. Yet he felt ashamed of his newfound interest in diapers. He was concerned about finances. He pushed the idea to the back of his mind. Oh, like a normal person. But uh, then he decided, no, no, no. It's an identity. It's an identity. One year later, Leo, a condominium superintendent, on the other side of the 49th parallel, lost his mom. At the suggestion of a close friend, the Ottawa, Ontario resident, tried wearing diapers as a coping mechanism for his grief, only to discover the great comfort they brought. I did not realize that wearing a diaper is a coping mechanism for grief. See, we in Judaism, we have like a seven-day period called Shiva in which you actually, in which you consider mortality and you think about the person who died. But apparently in Ottawa, you slap on an adult diaper and crap yourself. And this is a form of comfort. Leo spent the next eight years embracing the side, eight years embracing the side of himself and exploring Ottawa's ABDL community. It's an AB, it's a community now. By the way, all we need is like one ivory tower department to legitimize this into a full-fledged identity group and demand that everybody now identify these people as babies. That a fully grown adult is the equivalent of a human baby. And there should be no mockery. No shame is involved. Smook spent those years coming to terms with his interest finally taking the leap into Seattle's ABDL community in November 2022. This gave them both the opportunity to express their true selves from strong friendships with people who understand them and feel loved. But no fancy lasts forever, says the Seattle Stranger. These identities come with many stigmas. Accusations of immaturity, irresponsibility around children, or even pedophilia run rampant in online spaces and news articles. ABDL have been assaulted, fired from their jobs, legally separated from their children for what community members and experts call harmless interests. Nevertheless, as the ABDL community continues to grow, more safe spaces are appearing in Washington, Maryland, and Ottawa for these kids at heart. Ah, well, I mean, that, that's good. I'm, I'm so glad that we have new identity groups based on grown, grown ass men pretending to be babies and wearing adult diapers. All, all behaviors are identities and all identities must be protected. Therefore, all behaviors must be protected and have an equal outcome. Therefore, all of reality is somehow discriminatory. Uh, this is a great way to uh, build a completely non-functioning society that collapses in on itself like a dying star. So obviously we're going to do that. All right, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be talking with Alan Dershowitz about the Trump indictment, what it means legally. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. <laughs> While tackling your New Year's goals, don't forget about your daily dose of fruits and vegetables, which just got easier to remember thanks to Balance of Nature. Their fruit and veggie capsules offer a convenient way to consume those essential nutritional ingredients daily. So improve your diet and feel your best this year. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code WIRE for 35% off, plus a free fiber and spice in your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com promo code WIRE. 